y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Guichet, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. Today's interview is with Kara Kay James. Kara Kay is a mom of four, a pastor's wife, and the founder and executive director of Thrive Moms, a ministry dedicated to empowering moms to step out of survival mode and into abundant life with Jesus Christ. We talk in our interview about her new book, Mom Up, and the four things she used to get out of surviving motherhood and into thriving as a mom. It's really good and super challenging, packed full of tangible ways to change your motherhood, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Kara Kay, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, so I am super excited to be interviewing someone whose book I've actually read. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I always want to be like well-versed in my guest's work, but that would be a lot of reading that I just don't have time for. But I was super... Yeah, you should, really, because you wrote this incredible book titled Mom Up, Thriving with grace in the chaos of motherhood and every single mom said amen that's right that's right (laughs) so accurate so to open us up can you tell us just a little bit about the book for the people who haven't had the chance to read it sure absolutely um so I wrote the book I like to say that I wrote the book as like a note to myself Mm -hmm. because I started I was struggling so bad as a mom and I was not enjoying motherhood and I kept saying that I was like, you know, living my dream life and hating every minute of it. Mm. And there was just, I knew there was something wrong. And I thought there was something wrong with me until I started talking to other moms and realizing, oh, we all feel this way. We all are really struggling as moms. And so I wrote basically the book that I wanted to hear Mm -hmm. every day. And so I was like, I'm going to write this, all this down all the things that I want to tell myself every day. And then thankfully somebody wanted to actually like (laughs) put that in stores for other people to read. And so I feel like it's kind of a glimpse into my mind and my inner diary. Here's what I struggle with. And here's, you know, the ways that God has shown me how to kind of walk through that. And, um, step into a little bit more of a, an abundant motherhood as mm-hmm. opposed to just a complete hot mess. And which don't get me wrong, I still struggle really bad. And well, yeah, I think a lot of people see, you know, people who do podcasts or write books or, you know, are doing different things and they look at them as like, oh, well, they've got it all figured out nope. and they know exactly what they're doing. And it's not true. No, we're all struggling. And, um, and that was kind of my goal with this was just to be really vulnerable and really help women see that we are all struggling. Even the people that write the books that encourage yeah. you in it, we yes. struggle too. So. Yes. Even the people who are like 
pouring out encouragement into you, whether it's in the form of a book or a podcast or yeah. somebody you follow on Instagram, like I can promise you they're struggling too. Like absolutely. <laughs> or they're about to walk into a season of struggling or they're coming out of one. Yep. Um, I just finished reading it like a couple weeks ago before we we're recording. And it was really was this perfect mix of encouragement and like a punch in the gut. Like this perfect yeah. combination of like, look, okay, I get it. But also, like, you are capable of more than just yes. surviving. Absolutely. You know, and that, and... Was, that was the goal. So I'm glad you got that out. Yes, of it. I did. <laughs> yes. Mission accomplished. Good to know. Yes. And I've been pretty honest on the show and on my Instagram that, like, motherhood kicks my butt, like, up and down yeah. the block. Like, so this call to mom up to stop treading water and actually thrive really was and continues to be very challenging for me because motherhood is not doesn't come naturally to me right like the and podcast I'm the same way yeah this comes way more naturally to me yeah. <laughs> like being a mom um and I know that you actually also have a ministry called mm-hmm. thrive moms right yeah. yeah yeah so I would love for you to like kind of tell us and I know you have in multiple <clears throat> interviews kind of tell your story of like pursuing thriving over surviving? Sure. Um, I am the exact same way. I am not like a natural mom. Yeah. Um, and I, I see all these other moms who are so sweet and so gentle and so calm. And I look at them <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like my head's going to explode any second now. And, <laughs> and so it is a little ironic that I run a ministry for moms and that I wrote a book for moms because mm-hmm. I'm not your typical ideal mom that you should look to and mm-hmm. follow my lead because mm-hmm. I mess up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I look at that and I kind of think, okay, that's probably why God brought me down this path because mm-hmm. women don't necessarily need somebody that has it all together and is the ideal person because then we would all struggle with comparison and nobody needs to compare to me because I mess up just as much as everybody else. And yeah. so I had uh, about six years ago, I had three kids under the age of three Mm. and I was struggling real bad and I was battling postpartum anxiety and depression and just the definition of survival. Mm -hmm. And I knew there had to be more to motherhood than that everyday mundane struggle. And I that's where kind of Thrive Moms was born. It was out of that season that was super hard. And I I started the organization with a friend of mine that we were both really struggling with motherhood. And we said, you know what? We think that there's more to motherhood than this, than Mm -hmm. just getting by every single day. And so we knew that other moms were struggling. So what could we do to come alongside other moms right in the midst of our hardships and encourage them? And so that was where we built Thrive Moms because we wanted, there was so much on the internet during that season of just negativity toward mm. moms and just the, like, um, the everyday struggle and telling moms, like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to just get by. You're just supposed to survive all those things telling moms. And I felt like, okay, I'm sitting here reading my Bible and I'm hearing the things that Jesus is telling me that without him, I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but 
through him, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, there's this major contrast between what the world is telling moms and what scripture is telling me that I am. And so that was why we wanted to start this organization online. We wanted, we knew moms were on the internet (laughs) That's where most moms are. And so we thought, why don't we put these positive, encouraging messages in front of moms, the, you know, get them back into God's word, help them understand that God's word is for them too, Mm -hmm. that it's not just for us in a season that's easier or later on, it's for us right now. And that even though our job may feel mundane and may feel like not important most days that just to remind women of the importance of the job that they're doing of raising these little people to be the next generation of Christ followers, because that is a huge, important, scary task (laughs) that we have. And it's terrifying when you think about it in that way. And if we just get so wrapped up in the mundane everyday um, struggles, then we, you know, we forget about the importance of the role that we're doing. So that's the long version of. No, I love that. And I love that you kind of like you talk about like the dichotomy between the world's message and God's message to moms. I feel like I've been having that conversation a lot of like the issue, like people are starting to take issue with like the Mm -hmm. memes and the uh, like stuff like that. That's like talks about like either not liking your kids or, you know, this idea of just, you just kind of got to survive it. It's never Uh going to get better. And you're always like, your identity is just being covered in peanut butter and somebody else's bodily Mm -hmm. fluids and being miserable. Right. You know, and, and that while, yes, I probably for the foreseeable future am going to be covered in peanut butter and somebody else's bodily fluids. Yes. Like, that that's not what identifies me and that that work is holy work and is important. And I know in the book, because I've read it, um, <laughs> you kind of break it down into these four pillars of thriving, yeah. which were intentionality, community, rest, and embracing the chaos. And I'm just going to tell you now that I may or may not have those four things written on my mirror right now <laughs> because awesome. I needed them. I, I think I'm someone who thrives in structure. Mm-hmm. And I think that in motherhood, that's one of the things. It feels like there's no, there is no rule book. There's no report card. There's nobody, you know. Thank goodness. Most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time, yes. Unless you tend to be more performance-based and like, I would sometimes think I would do better if someone was like, these are the things that you could do better. These are the things Mm -hmm. you're doing really well. Like a yearly check-in kind of thing. (laughs) And so those four things kind of felt like structure. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, like keeping Jesus at the head of it and then focusing on intentionality and community and rest and embracing the chaos. I was like, okay, like I can I can work with that, you know. And so I do I want to kind of touch on those four things without completely giving it away because people really do need to just read the book. Like like, you need to read the book. (laughs) But um, starting with intentionality, kind of your heart for that for moms. Sure. Okay, so I kind of thought being an intentional mom meant, all right, I'm supposed to sit in the floor and play, you know, cars with my three-year-old son. And 
that's not really my favorite thing to do. Mm-mm. He loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows that his dad will do it because <laughs> dads love doing that. Right. But it's not necessarily my favorite thing to do. But I can find ways to be intentional with my kids beyond, you know, the getting in the floor and playing with them. Because mm-hmm. that might not be the best thing for me. And I realized that being in, being intentional went way deeper than just the looking them in the eye and connecting with them. Yes, that is a piece of that, but being intentional is so much about like intentionally knowing who you are mm-hmm. in the Lord, what what God says about you, because we forget it's that whole identity crisis we have as a mom because we, you know, we grow up, we become a woman and we, you know, start to kind of figure out who we are. And then we have kids and it's like, oh no, I am a (laughs) totally different person now. And so losing that, we kind of lose that sense of our identity and sense of worth almost. And so, um, being intentional can mean it, it goes so much deeper than just, you know, playing with our kids. It's about really discovering who we are and what God says about us. Yeah. And I think, I love that about knowing myself and knowing my child better is going to be what equips me to be intentional with my kid. Like there are some moms where just getting on the floor and playing Barbies is their form of intentionality oh, sure. with their children. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's for for my eldest and I, she loves to swing like mm-hmm. she would live in her out her swing outside. Yeah, And so, like, being intentional with her is putting everything down mm-hmm. and going and swinging with her. That's when she talks to me the most. That's when yep. she's the happiest. And I know that that fills her cup and it fills mine because we're outside yeah. and I'm not having to sit on the hard floor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that, that, like, you don't have to take whatever, like, the world's definition of intentionality is. And yeah. and immediately, like, just put it over your motherhood. I was actually yeah. having a conversation with my mom the other day about, like, this idea of, like, getting on the floor and playing with your kids. And she was like, you do know that you're, like, the first generation that feels like they but, have to do that. Yeah, like, nobody did that <laughs> Nobody <before us. laughs> did that. I know. And, my, like. And we turned out okay, I think. And I have a Close great relationship with my mom. I have, I had an incredible childhood. And when I looked back, I was like. No, she didn't sit on the floor and play with me, but I never felt abandoned. I never felt like she wasn't, like, I feel like my parents were really intentional in my childhood, but it was just doing stuff with us. It wasn't feeling like they had to babysit us all the time. Yes. So that was interesting. Yeah. And so much about it is, for me, I have four kids. And so Mm. I learned, oh man, I can't be this one mom for all of my kids. They are so completely different. And they all need different things and they all want different things. And so I had to figure out how can I be intentional with each one of them mm-hmm. at, at each stage they're in? Because, you know, my my six-year-old is not the same as she was last year when she was, you know, five. Right. They're just so different every every day, it feels like. And so just really learning who they are and constantly pouring into them. And like you said, doing the things that they love to do and showing interest in them just makes a huge difference. And even if it's things that we don't necessarily enjoy doing, um, sometimes we have to just suck it up and say, okay, great. I will, you know, I don't like pushing my kids on the swing, but they (laughs) want me to. So sometimes I'm like, okay, great. And then when I do, it's like, mommy, I'm like, yes. 
I won the, I got the fun card today and I don't feel like I get that very often. So yes, I love that. So pillar number two was community. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has listened to podcasts for any amount of time, they know that this one does not come easily for me. It doesn't Community. for me either. Oh, I feel like we're very much the same. I am not a natural let people into my stuff. I am not like I forget to check on my friends. I'm like, yeah. you know, and so I think I'm a good friend, but actual true community doesn't come mm-hmm. naturally to me. But becoming a mom made it so much more apparent yeah. how necessary it is. Yes. Yes. And it's just hard because for me, I have this like constant inner critic of like, oh, well, they already have their people. They're already doing this thing. I'm just in the way. And I, I feel like I'm not good enough to fit in. And, you know, so I struggle personally with those kind of things. And so finding that community where you can really connect and then you just get so busy. Mm. I'm in this like busy season where I'm working and then I'm, you know, my kids are like in activities and we're doing all the things. And so it's like just to find a a night that's free is feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go, a, we'll go a couple months and realize, have we spoken to <laughs> humans outside of this circle right have here? Have I spoken to an adult other than my husband? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, So it's hard to, and I felt like, you know, when I was in a season when my kids were little, I had a community of moms who all had little ones and I wasn't working as much then. And so it was a different season of life. And I needed people then really bad because that was the hardest, you know, emotionally draining, physically draining season. And I think a lot of times women feel like, okay, my kids are a little older now. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're not, none Mm -hmm. of us are good. We need people all the way through. And so I think that's one of the biggest struggles is we, we feel like, okay, well, I have my, I had my people when my kids were really little, we did the play date thing, but now the kids are older and we see them at, at the games or at the events and that's good enough. But Mm -hmm. It doesn't give us that deep, real community that that we need. Well, and I think, you know, we were talking in, in the sense of intentionality that it's always changing, that your kid didn't doesn't need now when she's six what she needed when she was five and that it just looks different. And I think realizing that friendships are going to change and friendships are going to morph. I have the same exact experience. I have a, like a little group of friends. We became friends when all of our, you know, oldest kids were four months old. Yeah. And now they're all four. And in school and in activities and we have now we have multiple kids. And so now it doesn't look like seeing each other two and three days a week. Now it looks like a group text message where we check in on each other and we ask for prayer and we make plans for mom's nights when we can all get away on a night, you know. And so I think it's remembering that that's going to morph, too. That's going to grow, too. It changes so much as the kids change and we change. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. And you're just not in the same season of life. And when we all got into the season of life, it was hard. I was like, I don't see my friends anymore. Like, are we friends anymore? Mm -hmm. And so honestly, for us, we finally just like called it what it was. And we're like, we're just in a new season where we 
can't see each other anymore. And what's going to be really great is we're going to keep this friendship going. And when our kids are 16 and gone all the time, then we can see each other all the time again. All you know time. what I mean? Let's go to lunch every day. Every day. <laughs> we can just be tennis moms and it'll be great. That's right. But we like have to do the work between four and 16 to keep those friendships running. And it's just so important. Like, even if you don't see each other all the time, like, Knowing that I have people that I can text and be like, I I just need you to pray for me. And knowing that they will. Yes. That they won't just be like, yeah, girl. That like, I am going to be on their minds and on their tongues. Yes. For however long I need them to be. Um, Okay. Number three is rest. Oh, boy. I don't do this well. (laughs) Lord, me neither. God is making me and like legit forcing me. And I feel like I've gotten better at it. Mm -hmm. But let's. Let's talk about rest. Oh, rest. Where do you even start? I have four kids. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't slow down. And I am a, I'm just a, like a doer. I just go all the time and I struggle. I feel like if I sit down and don't do something for a few minutes, then I'm doing something wrong. Mm. And, and so that has always been a struggle for me. And, and then it's like, I have this guilt of, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to rest. I have to go rest. And I sit and I'm like, I'm resting. I'm resting. This isn't working real. (laughs) (laughs) My mind is running with a thousand things I need to do. And so writing this portion of the book was good for me because Mm -hmm. I was able to study and really look at, okay, what is, what does it mean to rest? What does it mean to really rest in the Lord? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And it kind of helped me to unpack how that works because we're all different in how it works for us. Mm-hmm. And I am not, I'm not a morning person. Um, and so I'm not going to be the person that is up at, you know, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. and doing an hour long Bible study. Not going to mm-hmm. happen. And that's and, okay. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, okay, just because I'm not this like, I'm not that person that gets up and does that. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. so I think that I had to understand and learn that, you know, having a quote unquote quiet time was not necessarily going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I love studying my Bible and I love, I write Bible studies. And so, I mean, I do a lot of this for my job. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of time, you know, studying scripture and um, being in the word, but it doesn't look like a quiet time to me, right? And what I felt like a quiet time should be. And so I had to learn that, you know, a lot of it was just a posture of rest where I could yes. um, just chill with mm-hmm. all everything and really focus on the Lord, whether I'm just spending two minutes in the car praying and asking God to just refresh me and to renew me and and a lot of um, what I learned, and there's a chapter in the book called Step Away from the Starbucks. And <laughs> I thought, mm, I'm going to get some pushback from this. <laughs> um, and because we find our rest in worldly indulgences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we think, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to run. I want to get some rest today. So I'm going to run and get a coffee and get a manicure and, do, and take care of me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we find that, you know, that whole self-care thing that's been so big lately um which is great mm-hmm. it's good to take care of you yes but it's not the ultimate answer it's not the only way and so 
if we are only filling ourselves with those things and that's the only way we're finding rest, then we're missing out on something really great. Um, and I'm like guilty party of one right here. Yes. Oh yeah. Like Same. I'm saying, Oh, I never go to Starbucks. I went this morning. And <laughs> There's nothing wrong with going to Starbucks. It's what yes. you're asking Starbucks to do for your life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love me. <laughs> I do too, but like it can't fill my cup. And I love that you said posture of rest. That is something that I learned last year for the first time, 10 years into my walk with the yeah, Lord. Crazy. <laughs> of like, and I've told the story multiple times on past shows of like, I hit a wall, I crashed and burned, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, my like cortisol and vitamin levels were so low. My doctor was like, I don't know how you're like upright right now. Mm hmm. And God used that to teach me what functioning out of rest looks like. Right. My plate is just as full as it was before. Actually, yeah. it's more full. I have more yeah. stuff on my plate now than I did a year ago. But I'm not stressed. I'm not, I mean, I'm stressed in like the normal capacity, but I'm not like struggling to keep my head above water. I don't feel like I'm spinning a million plates because mm -hmm. I'm functioning out of like, doing what I feel like God, like the next right mm -hmm. thing, like what God puts in front of me right. and that like he has given me everything I need to do those things well. Mm -hmm. And also like going and grabbing a Starbucks or going and getting my nails done. Like I feel like they work really well together yes. when the heart of it is a posture of rest. Yeah. Because if you're not functioning from that place and you're still just like a complete stress case, like mm -hmm. going to get your nails done or going to get Starbucks is not going to fix it. No, it might for like three seconds. Well, and that caffeine is probably going to like make jack up your heart rate <laughs> and make it worse. Yep. So like I, I talk a lot about like moms filling their own cup, mm -hmm. but always from like that baseline of yeah. Who, who is doing this? Are you doing it out of your own willpower or is it Christ in you? Now go yeah. get some Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it bookended because intentionality, I feel like God has taught me a lot about community and rest. I'm like, yeah, I'm still learning. And then embracing mm -hmm. chaos, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that. I can embrace yeah. chaos like a champ because you have to. You yeah. have to. You are never going to thrive if you can't embrace chaos, especially yeah. with four kids in a book. Oh, yeah. Which is like another child. Um, right. Yeah. And embracing chaos is not it doesn't come naturally to me because I'm um, super I'm a super perfectionist. I want everything in order in my house. I want everything clean. And so the kids like run through and knock everything over and make a mess and do these things. And I'm like, oh, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? And, and then I realized, oh, right. They're just kids. They're right. having fun. They're not killing each other at this particular moment. Right. They probably will five minutes from now. But, you know, it's so, so much about it is for me just to settle down and just let them enjoy and me enjoy because I can find so much joy in their, you know, crazy, wild chaos. Yes. I miss when I'm just angry and frustrated mm. that everything is not perfect order and not going the way I planned and not being exactly the way I want it to be. And so, yeah, chaos yeah. fun when we can step out of our heads and just 
let it be sometimes. Yeah. Well, and this may be my complete non-perfectionist nature is why this one like comes a little bit more mm-hmm. easily to me. I'm literally like trying not to laugh as you're talking about it because my <laughs> husband is like, a perfectionist. That doesn't bother me. No, well, my husband's a perfectionist. Like Okay. very much perfectionist. I don't think he's going to feel like I'm throwing him under the bus telling this story. Literally the other day, <laughs> our girls were losing it. Like in a good way. I mean, they were just all like they were like hyped up and they were I'm pretty sure one or both of them was were naked. There were just toys everywhere and they're just like running around screaming. <laughs> I'm dying laughing. I am like loving it. He had to get up and walk out of the room cuz he was like yeah. I I can't I can't it's too much much. and it's it's the perfect like and and we talked about it later and he's grown so much in his like need for everything to be tidy Mm -hmm. and where it belongs because we're parents that's just not possible yeah but you know talking to him later about that situation I was like there was an opportunity there for that to be really funny yeah you know for that to be you know for to lean into the chaos because our life Mm -hmm. is chaos and he, I mean, and he's the, he's great. And he was like, yeah, you're right. Like, it didn't need to stress me out that there were toys all over the place. Like, the toys are pick upable, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> it shouldn't, it shouldn't stress me out that my kids are naked 90% of the time. Like, when, right. like it's less laundry for mom. It's fine. There you go. You know? <laughs> but embracing chaos is, it, it, I don't think it comes naturally for most people. Yeah. And we feel like a need, you know, it, it's again that dichotomy that we were talking about earlier between, hot mess and what god says we are mm-hmm. you know like my life being chaos doesn't mean that i'm a hot mess it means right. that i'm a mom and that god yeah. has said and that my kids are a hot mess my kids might be a hot <laughs> mess but like that's not my identity necessarily that's right. <laughs> i love it um and i like really truly i don't think i've done this in an interview yet like you need to read this book like people need to read this book that it's so good it's a super easy and um conversational read you're an incredible writer it's so personable um my goal for the year is to read 12 books which sounds like nothing but it's 12 more than I read last year (laughs) so mom up was January's book and yes it took me the whole month to read it but it was so good and like those four pillars really have kind of helped me step into. I feel like before I read it, I really was like, this is the life I thought I'd always wanted and I hated it. Yeah. I was like, this is awful. And I really do not to like, you know, gush all over you too much, but like really do feel like it kind of flipped the script on that. And so I'm super thankful and I want people to read it. Like we'll link to it in, your show notes and like you need to like get it on your kindle the the chapters are like little bite-sized nuggets of wisdom so short because i was like i don't like to sit through a long chapter i don't have time for that (laughs) no like get like this is a really great way to like foster community with your people like Mm -hmm. all of you like read a chapter every two weeks and text about it there you go you don't even have to try to like actually get in the same room (laughs) (laughs) that's hard (laughs) so end of the interview we do rapid fire questions okay and i already know the answer to this one but what is your enneagram (laughs) number uh i'm a one yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh what you heard me say perfectionist uh type a how many times probably what do you have a wing uh nine okay 
See, my husband's a nine wing one. Okay. So, but like real strong one wing. Yeah. Real strong. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to guess he was a one from your story. We thought but he I, was a one I, for a really long time. But when we just actually like dug in on the like motivations behind each type, mm-hmm. like peace and resolving conflict is more important to him than like being good. Yeah. And like doing things right. And so nine real strong one wing. Um, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Um, I hate to say Starbucks since I just bashed on them. No, I feel <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I don't know. Usually just, um, alone time, which is funny because I'm an extrovert, but mm. if I'm in a funk, I kind of need some like time to myself to mm-hmm. just be alone and work through my funk and get out of it. And usually just a like a ride in the car or going and roaming around a store or something. Mm-hmm. And that usually helps me because yeah. usually my funks come from um, motherhood. And yeah. oh, <laughs> so 100%. getting away from my kids helps. Yes. So. I love like that honesty. Yeah. What gets me out of a funk? Not being around the tiny spawns of myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your Starbucks order? Um, I get a, a caramel macchiato with coconut milk. Oh, that sounds good. I love asking people because yeah. I, I have a seven wing, so I like change and I like to try new things. And so, yeah, I'm always like, what can I try next? <laughs> yeah, that's my husband. He's a seven, which is real fun. Cause oh yeah, I'm an I'm eight one, with a seven he's wing. A seven. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is the last thing you watched on TV? Um, let's see. We just finished Alias Grace on Netflix. It was very interesting. I've never heard of it. It's pretty good. Yeah. We like to try lots of all the things. That's yeah. like our bonding time for me and my husband. The second the kids go to bed, it's like, oh, what's on TV? I know. We're the same way. We have to like build in intentional time to like actually look at each other's faces. I know. Because yep. we're both so tired and done by the end of the day. We're like, Netflix, what's yeah. on now? Well, thank you so much for spending the time to kind of share your wisdom about thriving yeah. in motherhood uh if you can tell everybody where to like find you and follow you oh sure so me personally I'm on Instagram mostly uh karake.james um Facebook is the same and then thrive moms is um just at thrive moms on Instagram and Facebook awesome yeah and like I said we'll link to all of that and your book in um your show notes which can always be found at confessions of a crappy Thank you so much, Kara. Oh, thank you. It's been so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.